Okay, okay, okay. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Lou. With me, as always, is my main man, Weston. Another week's in the books, but before we discuss Super Wildcard Weekend, I want to give a special warm welcome to our guest from the Sprint Right Option podcast, Jason Aponte. Weston, Jason, I think I know the answer to this question, but how y'all doing tonight? Feels great, baby. I got it. I got it in before you, Weston. I, <laughs> I paused for a moment because I was like, we're going to say the same shit right now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like steal your thunder on your show, but I had to. I had to get that one. No, yes, this, this is why we have you here, bro. We want you to feel so at home, and we know you already do, but... You know, not to be redundant, but I, you know, I'm I'm on cloud nine after this last weekend for four thousand reasons. We'll we'll talk about it. But Lou, I love the the intro. I, was say, I, I, I love the intro. You, you kind of yeah, you kind of look again. You, you know, you don't gotta get ready if you stay ready. It seemed like you stayed ready right there, Lou. Honestly, I, I know. I know. I paid homage to the greats. Uh, you know, <laughs> Weston. I couldn't do your all right, all right, all right. That's your Matt McConaughey. You, you trademarked that. Literally, I was gonna say that. I heard from your lawyers earlier today. Couldn't throw that in there, so I had to go. Uh, I had to look up a thesaurus, and uh, okay, okay, okay was a synonym for all right, all right. All right. I like it, it. It felt like you've been preparing that for 35 weeks for about as long as we've been going at this. So uh, I appreciate the the preparation. You got more, or was that was that? No, no, no. I got I got more. Right. All right. Let's go. Know. Okay. Well, uh, the reason why I'm actually doing the intro uh, tonight is because for the first part of tonight's show, I'm going to be third wheeling it with both of you guys. Uh, because I have nothing to actually contribute to the hometown takes as the Chargers are sitting comfortably home on their couches, still trying to figure out if there's a possibility they can get into the playoffs this weekend. So, however, though, Jason and Weston will both have plenty to say as their San Francisco 49ers went to Little D and defeated the Dallas Cowboys this past weekend. Uh, so in order for me to earn my hefty paycheck I received from WTF, I'm going to be asking these fine gentlemen some questions about the Dallas game. Also, previewing some of the matchup against the Green Bay Packers this Saturday as well. How's that all sound, guys? Love it. Uh, this is what I signed up for, man. This is lit. Let's go. All right. <laughs> all right. You, you boys ready? Let's go. All right. Here's some questions. Uh, okay. This one's for Weston. Sorry, Jason. Don't mean to exclude you. Exclude you. But um, last week on last week's show, uh, Weston, when we did our wild card uh, predictions, you picked the Dallas Cowboys to beat the 49ers. So my question to you is, why do you hate the 49ers so much? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, so I, haven't, I know I had explain yourself. Allow me to, I am going to pull the po perfect politician response here in just a moment. The reason I hate them so much is because I've been a fan of them for 33 years and in those 33 years there's been plenty of heartache now what i did do very specifically lou is we can go back and roll the tape yes i picked dallas to win immediately following that i said this is to protect my heart everything that i said leading into before i said dallas would win this game was me telling you that the san francisco 49ers were going to win the game but jason there's a method to the madness every time i pick against our 49ers we win the fucking game right so uh, like re I, reverse I, jinx and if it's like I, I will always put my own suffering and give you the ability to bash me in front of our 49er audience so long as they win that's all i care about and it feels great baby i ain't even mad about it <laughs> i ain't Nobody's even mad about it Nobody's going to bash you at all, right? Like, you know, 
I predicted that the Rams the first time was going to beat the 49ers and the 49ers absolutely took them to the woodshed. So there's times where you feel like that. And objectively, there is an argument to be made for that. Having said that, Weston. <laughs> by, the way, Jason, by the way, Jason, you know who predicted the 49ers to win on our show? Is that, is that, uh, this guy. Is that Lou? Yeah, okay. Yeah, this guy mm-hmm. right here. This guy right we're, here. So we're, we're adjusting our rankings for who's coming back for the fantasy football show pretty much <laughs> at this point. Now, the strikes against Weston are Javante Williams-Slander and now picking against the 49ers against the Dallas Cowboys. Lou, you seem to be in the running a little bit further ahead, so I just want to say that. Um. <laughs> Having said all that, Lou Weston, it's just I couldn't. No way. And and the only reason is is you look at six and zero against the NFC West, six and five against other teams. All those other games that they talk about, well, we lost by this amount of points, this amount of points. Forty nine er fans can make that same argument all the way through. Home opener, right? Barely losing to to you know Aaron Rodgers, the team that they face this week, and Tennessee. If they if they execute a little bit more, they win that game. You are who you are. And they have made their money beating up on the NFC East. So I never really saw them as anything more than a team that was getting ready to be bullied. And the only thing that you really needed to look at was the way that Michael Parsons was talking. For him to come out, well, the bullies get bullied and this is where I'm from. Nah, man, you're the guy at the at the public fight, right? You're, you're fighting with someone face-to-face and you're trying to act crazy, hoping that that person backs down. But what you don't realize is the team that's quiet, the guy that's quiet, is probably the guy that's going to knock your lights out. Hold that's on, a hold little on. bit kind of hold what happened. Hold on here. Hold on. Bosa was chirping a little bit. And then, hey. uh, so, you know, I'm just all I'm saying. And also, Parson had a good game, man. He was, he played. No, he was well. good. But that first drive, he got wiped out by Kittle. He was punching Ayuk in the back of the head. The bullies get bullied. You got, you got kind of tossed, right? Lawrence, right? Lawrence is just tackling Brunskill. So for me, you are, have all the confidence you want, young man. I get you. I hear you. But in your heart of hearts, you know your team's not built like that. And don't don't invite any of that stuff. Like you can be confident on the inside, but for you to say, "Well, the bullies get bullied," and trying to imply that the Dallas Cowboys would in any way out physical this 49ers offense or defense, it was just silly, in my opinion. And and it, that's all I pointed to all week is. And also, Mike McCarthy was going to eventually show himself, but. The, the- that's where I had the most confidence going into this game. It was like coaching versus coaching. I don't think that their coaching staff is even on the same playing field as ours. And that's where I did derive a lot of my confidence. And Lou made a very poignant point in our last about that. Dallas is just known to be choke artists. We, we see this for 26 years. The media rides their dick all the way through, all the way through. Top mm-hmm. offense, top this, top that, top this. And then they just can't get past, like, when it comes to the big game, they just, it, the ball's always dropped. The ball's always dropped. And honestly, and, and Lou, I know you have more questions, so I, I won't belabor this point, but this game wasn't even as close as the score would indicate this. This game should have been over midway through the second quarter. Should have been. Our own shortcomings, which we'll probably talk about, that can't happen against a team like Green Bay. Like, we should have put, we should have, Dragged that that horse out to pasture and laid it, or sent him to the glue factory much earlier than that. And I'm getting tired of honestly hearing about the refs cost us and the refs cost it, 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 it. Like, no, like you lost to a better football team. Like, you shouldn't have. Jason, you played sports growing up. Lou, I know you played sports growing up. I played sports growing up. What was the one thing you were always taught by any single one of your coaches? Never let the referee decide the game for you, right? Like you put yourself in those, in that own predicament, you were playing catch up football. Um, and candidly, the mere fact that you even have the opportunity to talk about that, like, Hey, we were a, 
a blown assignment essentially and a mental mistake away from like trying to tie this football game like that that's sheer luck in itself so what exactly were the refs robbing them of there were never any 50 50 calls it was all pre-snap penalties and blatant egregious calls this is the part that really gets me upset if it was pis which are subjective at times if it was maybe defensive holding or something like that which can be subjective at times come on Everything was blatant. You were either false starting, delay a game, didn't know the rules. Like it, it's it's clear. And you know what else is funny is for and as well spoken as Dak Prescott is, as well as he never really says anything for him that make that comment after the game when you were already the most penalized team in the league yeah. going into this game. So this isn't a one or two week trend. You consistently are penalized. And for him to like make that statement, I'm sure you guys are all aware of. It just it it amplified the frustration that I'm sure he's feeling, but I've never seen Dak say the wrong thing. And at that point, he that's the one time that he said the wrong thing out of frustration. Yeah, and, and I feel for him because it was out of frustration, and I do, right? And um, I'm not a Dak hater. I just hate the Cowboys as a franchise and everything that's a good else. Player. Yeah, yeah, like and I want him to be successful. The league's better when people like him are successful. It's just, to your point, nothing was egregious. Nothing was like a subjective call. It was mental mistakes. And I had a lot of people ask me about that. How come the referee had to spot the ball? How they had to get involved? And these are like not necessarily like football fans like you or I, right? Like just outside watchers who were probably watching that game. And I had to be like, you want to know why you've never heard that rule? Because every player in the league knows that you are handing the ball to the official. I was like, think back to every two-minute drill that you've ever seen pre-half, you know, at the end of the first half, et cetera, you see the people, even when they go out of bounds, immediately run the ball to the middle of the field and hand it to the official because you can't expect a 65, 70 year old man to, to be getting there before you're ready to go. And that's why I like, I mean, dude, I don't know if I've ever actually seen that before, but it's because the, the players know the rules. Like they know what is supposed to take place. So now, I have a question. Was, was, yeah, that referee, was that referee awarded a half a sack on that last play? He should have been awarded a pancake the way he almost took two people out. There was, there was no two people out. Yeah, there was no flag on the play, and Dak did go down behind the line of scrimmage. Technically, the referee was <laughs> should have been awarded a sack. So, and shout out to the Yorks for having the for the having the refs on the payroll. Let's go, man. Let's no, go, man. here's the thing. Here's the thing. The other reason that you're not allowed to spot your own ball is they gave themselves four more yards <laughs> when when Dak like started the slide like yeah, so much you, earlier. Yeah, it's yeah. I, it's, I, it's my test. The eyeball yeah, test. yeah, right. But like that's why you don't hand it to the center because it, he, he might as well have just walked up to the one and be like, oh, yep. we got to the one here. Like at this point, like we're here now. <laughs> nobody like, ever touched but, him. Right. Nobody ever touched me. Like you know. So that's the thing. Is is again ill prepared, ill coached. You know, and and again, you, you are the most penalized team in the league. You are who you are. This is not a trend. This is a large sample size. Okay, and this guys, is what you are. So I want to speaking that you're talking about like, ill coach and what have you. Dallas though has been uh, balling this this whole year. Their offense is uh, one of the top five in the, in the NFL this year. And in addition, I feel like their defense dramatically improved. Normally, I always shit on the Dallas defense, but this year they've been pretty damn good. You cannot deny that. I, I know they still have some warts and what have you, but that defense has significantly improved this year. How were the 49ers able to basically do accomplish what they accomplished this past Sunday, uh, this, uh, this past weekend when it comes to, uh, you know, the Styles defense, what was your thought process? What did the Shanahan do and what have you? It's the same thing we do to all these teams that are, are multi-dimensional. We make them single one dimensional, right? You, 
we were very confident we were going to stop the run. We did exactly that, which allows D'Amico to scheme up. Umbrella oh, no, no, Wesson, Wesson, don't mean to cut you off. What did your offense do to doubt that Dallas oh, defense? Oh, 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 Paul. We, you, so where I think Dallas's offense has improved the most, and thank you for correcting me, I was going down a totally wrong path, um, was they are much more opportunistic than they've been, right? What made them better is they forced a lot of turnovers, whether that's digs on the interceptions, forced fumbles, um, whatever the case might be. But I think they, Kyle, being who he is, use their inexperience and their aggressiveness against them. That's why he does so much motion. That's why he does so much misdirection. He's, he wants them to trust their eyes because he's going to tell a totally different story than what their eyes see. And that's what he does. And then at the end of the day, dude, he does. we do what we – when we're winning and we're rolling, we do what we do well. We just beat you up at the line. Like we're in better position. We are more physical than you, and we take away your will. And – I, I saw all of that this week, and then it, it never hurts when you got a guy like Debo who's just like, "Coach, give me the fucking rock and let me do it," and then do it right. Like, how often does does that happen? Jason, did you see what did you see different from what I I said? No, I mean that first drive pretty much sets the tone. Let them know, Dallas, yeah. you're you're in for this. This is this is how it's going to be all game. And there's not, you know, to quote the the great prophet Marshawn Lynch. Um, <laughs> run through a motherfucker face over and over and over, and you you ain't gonna be able to take that. And that's just who Dallas is. And there's not many teams that can match the 49ers' physicality. That's the other thing too. Is that's why I think that the 49ers present this matchup for anybody. Nobody wants to play the 49ers. Even Green Bay, who has the bye and going into this game, I'm sure that they would have much wished to play anybody but the 49ers, just because of the, the matchup they present and just because of the way that they're playing. You know, ugly or not, the 49ers have won a ton of games in a short-ass period. Like, they've won most of their games since a certain week, right? With, with a one hiccup here and there, they've won more games. They're rolling. They are a team that is getting healthy if Warner and Bosa play in this game. And, and it's just when you impose the will anywhere that you go, on the road, anywhere, it's, it's your game. We can drag you down to our level. And if Jimmy Garoppolo plays a close game, this becomes as tough a, uh, as an out of a team that there is out there right now at this point. Like, Garoppolo doesn't have to do anything really at this point, but just not throw interceptions. Like, he can – first half, he, he made some amazing throws, man. Like, that one to Juwan Jennings, the one to Ayuk, those are the big boy throws. But you got to close games out. You're not going to finish that this game – Missing Ayuk on the blaze out, which that cooked Trevon Diggs, by the way. Brandon Ayuk is, is out here cooking. And then you throw the interception. Like, you're not going to expect Green Bay to not capitalize on that. So it, it is what it is at this point. 49er fans know the experience well. But if Jimmy Garoppolo plays a clean game, it's hard to beat this team at in at in any game. It doesn't matter who who the, the team is. And I think that's the confidence that this team has right now. Okay, well, it's no it's no secret that I'm not a 49ers fan. Okay. Uh, but, so oh, now I'm on. back on an even playing field hold for on, fantasy. Hold on. So hold on. So I preface that, but I'm going to tell you what I saw this past weekend. And you guys hold me in check if you think I'm wrong, just being an, you know, an avid NFL fan. I felt like it was Kyle Shanahan's his offensive game plan uh, messed with Dallas' defense. Dallas is a fast and aggressive defense. With all the motions and formations I saw that Shanahan rolled out there, I felt like that got Dallas, that slowed down Dallas's defense and got them to think and be more reactionary as opposed to the, you know, the, the quick, uh, quick defense they are. Uh, that's what I personally saw. I always felt like they were a step behind. Uh, if it wasn't for Micah Parsons screaming across the, screaming across the field, I felt like you guys can actually have more explosive plays than you, you already did. So that's what I personally saw from this, this weekend's matchup. The physicality, yes, but I felt like Dallas, just, their defense was playing a little stupid, for lack of their better words. 
inexperience too. chalk it up to that. And, you know, they haven't seen us as, as of late under this kind of like, I don't want to call it a new look offense, but like having a wide receiver in the backfield more often than he's probably even lining up at mm-hmm. wide receiver. It's just, it's just different. And you're hundred percent correct. Like there's a reason that Kyle uses much motion as he does, right? Like it's, it's you, you know what defense they're playing. You move these people out of position. You know what their rules are and how people have to go. There was one, um, oh, on Debo's touchdown run where they set it in motion and Leighton Vanderesh literally disappears from the screen going He's awful. to get He's a lot. doesn't matter. That's his cooked. responsibility. He has to go outside to follow and cover Elijah Mitchell, the running back out of the backfield, his responsibility. Middle of the field's wide open. There's literally not a defender for 15, 20 yards, and Debo cuts it back to the middle and just outruns everybody. That's design. That's yeah. scheme. And and you're right. Like they he just it misconception all day long. Um, and it and it's funny because you know it's coming, but you still have to follow your rules and responsibilities as a defense. And Kyle knows that. And don't know what to tell you. I thought Dan Quinn was going to be a little bit more well, better equipped for this game than than he really looked to be. Well, my personal it was opinion. Hard. It was hard because Quinn was uh, coaching from Denver, so uh, that's true too. <laughs> <laughs> so well, uh, I'll tell you this: I thought, Dan, calls in. I thought Dan Quinn had a lot on his plate in this game in terms of. Well, I, it's not my fault. We lost the Super Bowl. It's your fault. Like he, he won. I thought I thought he was going to come out here and try to like put put it to Kyle, right? Like I don't think he really overlooked this one. I think more. Again, Kyle knows the strengths, and when you have the worst tackling secondary in football, right, like per grading systems, per PFF, you attack those guys, you make them come up and try to make plays, and again, they're just not as physical. Like, they just aren't. Like, they lend themselves closer to the Rams. What else you got for us, Lou? Yeah. So, um, all right, so another question. Weston, you alluded to before, right? Uh, about the Dallas offense and what you were talking about the Dallas offense. Once again, their Dallas offense is the top offensive team this this uh, in the NFL this year. What do you think? How do you think they were able to slow down that offense? All right, so I already started down this path. Um, first of all, I think their their offense ha- has a little inf- inflation to it. I always kind of keep in mind uh, what division that they play in and how many times they play those teams and subpar defenses where they, you know, putting up, what was it? 40 something, uh, 50 something on, on Washington, right. Who was just decimated at the time, beating up on Philadelphia at the end of the year. Um, all things, Lou, you're going to be, you're muted. I can see that right now, just so you know, um, before you come back on, there you go. Um, but I think this is what we've done to these multidimensional teams, like make them one dimensional so we can account for that dimension, which is like, okay, we are literally daring you to throw the football. And guess what? We get pressure with four. We don't have to send more than four. And as long as you get pressure, you're sitting with very athletic linebackers who can cover a lot of ground underneath. You play a little shell game over top with with, with Tart and and Jimmy Ward just kind of running around umbrella. I mean, dude, they took C.D. Lamb out of this game. Like people are going to be like C.D. Lamb had one catch. I promise you they were trying to get C.D. Lamb the ball. If not, they should all be fired, every single one of them. Just never have a job in the NFL ever again if you're not attempting to get the, the ball in the hands of your best playmaker. It just wasn't there. It just was, And if it was almost there, we were in the backfield and we were all over Dax, all over his hip, flushing him out, doing those things. And honestly, this is you know how we made that comeback against 
the Rams took away the run game, made Stafford drop back. It's what we did to Joe Burrow and the Bengals for three and a half quarters before he got hot a little bit towards the end. It's a little bit of what we did to Aaron Rodgers the first time we saw him. And I assure you, it's going to be the, the game plan for when we see Aaron Rodgers this time is like, have to get pressure with four, have to. And every once in a while, you get real cute. And D'Amico is going to send that, that, that fifth, maybe even sixth guy. And it usually comes right up the middle in the form of Kwan Williams or Jimmy Ward unexpectedly. Um, and those guys, you know, you get you get those D backs moving. They're flying to the quarterback and they're putting pressure in the face. So that that's what I saw. I, I think it just was par for the course. And everything that we we try to do is we we take away. Uh, if you're multidimensional, we're taking one away. It's that simple. And then we we can predict what you're trying to do. I don't know, Jay. Do you have an? I mean, you have a difference of opinion on that? No, not at all. I mean, the the Dallas Cowboys were one in five in games that they never rushed the, over 100 yards. The 49ers have not given up 100 yards in the last eight weeks. Um, it was it was right there in front of you. Like to, that's how you want to do it. And I know that it sounds silly when we say that about Green Bay or we say that about Dak Prescott, it's like we want you to throw more. No, it, it, it makes it much easier to get those guys going on the front four. Like you said, Chris Kosarek has done an incredible job. And uh, Dak Prescott was pressured on 48% of his dropbacks in the second half, and Nick Bosa didn't play a snap. That is literally a half-to-half ratio of where someone was in his lap. And that just speaks to D'Amico Ryans being able to call stunts because the one sack that Nick Bosa actually got was him about to be uh he saw that he was about to be chipped he sent them on a stunt yeah. straight run in for for Dak that is a defensive coordinator who understands what you're trying to do and a lot of the stuff that Green Bay did in terms of chipping Nick Bosa if Nick Bosa is going to play in this game like we think he is I think D'Amico Ryans is more equipped now to get it done and to figure that out and and uh, obviously when you make somebody one dimension and you take away the running game because I, I believe Dallas ran the ball 20 times in this game and Ezekiel doesn't look, you know, particularly explosive at this point. Pollard is a little bit better, but they they go away from it. Kellen Moore has been known to do that, especially when the game is starting to get away from you. If the 49ers convert one of those first three drives, if they convert in this way, two touchdowns and one field goal, as opposed to one touchdown and two field goals, that game's over. And that game is absolutely over because Dallas is just going to put play themselves right into the 49ers hands and they're not built to, to, to do all those things. Um, especially when they don't have Gallup in those guys, but yeah, it's just, again, the 49ers, it's a tough, it's a tough time to beat them when they're playing their game and when they're doing their, they're doing exactly what they know they can do. And, and when you're not turning it over and shooting yourself in the foot, it's, it's really hard to beat this team. Yeah. So, I was going to say real quick for, from my point of view, I think the difference, especially on the defensive side with this team has been the front four, uh, with Arden key, Bosa, uh, as they were calling him Joey Bosa all game. So Joey yeah. Bosa, uh, you know, uh, Armstead and what have you, they really applied pressure. I saw a crazy stat, Tyrone Smith. I know he's not the, the same Tyrone Smith, you know, f- before the back injuries or whatever, but he still only allowed 11 pressures this year. He allowed seven pressures in this past game. That just goes to show you how much this front four has been feasting, uh, I would say, uh, over the last, I'm going to say, probably about like six, seven weeks now. Uh, and I, I'd go as far as say a front eight dude because they rotate four at a time and you know dj jones is destroying kevin gibbons they got a many for a six rounder like that's ridiculous yep so i actually i'll talk about that in a second i'll regard but jason something you said earlier really stands out to me um and this is not talked about enough 
getting the ball first after losing the toss and going down and scoring a touchdown on the opening drive in the road. So my next door neighbor is a diehard New England Patriot fan. And I was talking to him about um, before the game and I was saying to him, look, like I know every coach's wet dream is to defer the toss, get the ball in the second half and you try to develop, um, you try to cultivate it so that you get an opportunity to score some points right before the end of the first half and then get the ball back. That changes the game. I was like, but in big games like this, you got to set the tone. The only way to do that and the way you take a home crowd out of it and you deflate everybody is if you win the toss, take the ball, go down the field, score, and let them know you're here. And I was literally saying this, and then we get – we we lost the toss, right? So Dallas deferred, and we took it. And that I mean, it's not like we designed it that way, but we did exactly what a good team should do. Hey, Dallas fans – we are here. Hey, Dallas Cowboys. We like, we are not going away. We came here and we, and we set the tone. So I, I think that needs to be talked more about because that is literally like, people are like, momentum's not a real thing. Da, da, da. Bullshit. In the NFL, momentum is a real fucking thing. And that's how you, you garnish all of it right out of the gate. And they did exactly that. And that was, Dude, that like almost sent like literally chills through my body because you couldn't dream it up better than that because they did it with ease. I mean, they went down the field like it, it just looked nonchalant the way they went down that field. That just let them know what they were in for. And again, man, it, I, I look again. I know I'm a 49ers fan, but I'm just telling you that even if objectively, if I liked another team, this isn't the matchup. There's always that one six team that slides in that. Either they underperformed and they were injured and they made it in. Now guys are coming back or they're just finally playing well. But that's the thing is like this game, I know it's in Lambeau and I know that's a tall order, but after Mike Vick crushed the building, it's kind of easier now, especially when you look at the way the 49ers have been playing. Again, get a clean game from Jimmy Garoppolo. And now you're talking. If you get like an absolute clean game where it's like Atlanta, where he didn't necessarily light things up, but he made the correct throws and he hit guys on time and they scored touchdowns and they led that game. <laughs> you could absolutely take a game here from Jimmy Garoppolo. That would be 175, 185 passing yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. You could still win this game with that stat line based on what you do on a week to week basis. What, what travels in the playoffs, a run game and defense things that we're doing and apparently, uh, Weston Smith, as he's going to the Packers game this uh What? This <laughs> no way. Lambeau, I'm making my return. Uh, it's been eight years since I've seen you. And we walked away with that with a W and probably the coldest I've ever been in my entire life. No and I guarantee that this will not be any different. Lou, real quick, are your next questions about upcoming? Because if they are about Real, real quick, Bay- real quick. This is okay. just a journal question. I want to start with Jason uh, yep. real quick. I'm gonna go inside the actor studio on you both. All right. When watching, you know, your you know, the, you know, the 49ers and you see Jimmy G th- overthrow a wide receiver, what is your favorite curse word to spew out on a, on a, any given Sunday? Well, shit. <laughs> I, I actually Lou, you went on mute again. Um, so something's going on with your mic. Uh I actually don't curse when it happens. I curse a lot throughout the game. My immediate tendency is I rip off my hat and launch it against the wall. Careful to avoid my TV. I see these idiots on Twitter and all through social media that are shooting at their TV. That's for Cloud though. Nobody destroys their TV and records it for anything other than like views because that's ridiculous. 
did you see that one cowboy fan? I, I made a comment because he emptied the clip, but he had like it was last year though when they, they lost to Arizona on Monday night. It was so bad, like they got blown out on Monday night football. That was the same game. I remember that guy. Unreal, man. I mean, look, you can get that replaced with a bottom line television. You know, obviously yeah. we live in the age of like how TVs go, but that's ridiculous. And why? It's and why stupid. would you do that? I'm not. They've already cost me my heart. Like I can't let them actually cost me money. Money more or more not, money. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, more money than I've already dropped into these these guys. Nice right? Um, that being said, Lou, I'm sure you got some questions. Yeah, for, uh, save them for when we get to the green bet because we're gonna cover that. Right? Okay, so, let's like, do maybe that. We'll, then. we'll do ahead. that. So little, that a little spin on this is everybody's got their X factor, right? That they talk about in these games. We at We're Talking Football, and by we, Jason, you are a part of this family, is we have our WTF factor. You can call it the what the fuck factor. You can call it the WTF. I don't care what it is, I, but that is our factor. So in these games, when we're coming up, like we're going to quickly like talk about the wild card games last weekend. Like give me a paragraph or two. Um, maybe define who your WTF factor was. And then when we get into talking about divisional rounds, we'll spend a couple minutes on each game, you know, foreshadow who could be the, the WTF factor. But before we move out of this and talking about the 49ers, my WTF factor for that game, I know the obvious answer is Debo. Like, he just affects everything. But for me, and you mentioned his name a moment ago, was Charles Omenahu. He played the mo- with Bosa out for, let's just call it, two-plus quarters, right? An entire half of football. He played the most snaps he's ever played. And he did it in front of his, I forget if it's his home state or his hometown, but I know he's from Texas at the, at the very least. Delivered one and a half sacks, hit Prescott three times. I mean, he's had the pinnacle of probably his NFL career took place in that particular game. And when we talk about how much depth there is in our front line, like having him play and get that experience and have that success bodes really, really well for what we're trying to go do this weekend, in, in my opinion. Yeah, and the 49ers do a great job of betting on traits and getting the best of those traits, right? Jordan Willis, high spark score, a many hue freak, right? Like you you take a chance on these guys because other teams have discarded them and you hope that Chris Kosurik, who is the unsung hero of this team year after year because of what he gets out of this defensive line and these guys that you bring along, is a many hue is just one of the, you know, they gave him a, a sixth rounder for him. He's just a, another name on a long list. Right. Yep. My uh, my guy in this game, and this is purely it really doesn't have to, much to do with football, but more the outfit he pulled up in. And I knew he meant business. So K1 Williams. Right. We're all from Jersey. Right. Yep. Patterson, baby. Patterson. Right. Patterson, New Jersey. I'm northern New Jersey. Right. Like Hoboken, Jersey City, Bayonne, that area. Right. When I saw him pull up in the jean jacket with the, the hoodie and the New York uh, Yankee fitted and then uh, ripped up jeans and construction Air Force Ones, I said, oh, okay, KK's here to do something in this game. And, and that's an aggressively northern New Jersey fit, yeah. like aggressively <laughs> northern New Jersey. Like that's not even – that's unmistakable. Yeah. I knew this man was here. He, I, knew what, I knew what type of time KK was on when he walked in the stadium. I knew it. I was like, this man's ready to make a play. Interception right. happens. Your magical Debo uh, play happens right after. So K1 Williams was the guy that immediately, when I saw I was pulling up and what he was wearing, that was Patterson, New Jersey, all the way to the, the bottom. 
And I knew for a fact that KK was there to do something in this game. He was there to shake something. Ah, uh, Jason, hey, you're killing me. I you... thought you I thought you were going to uh, talk about – no one shows love to the fat guys. I thought you were going to talk about Trent Williams' post-game attire because, woo, he looked that's the drippiest. That's the drippiest man alive. Forget <laughs> offensive lineman, man. Like, like, adjust the rankings on that. Like I've never seen is, an offensive lineman look that – you know what I'm saying? Look, look like that. That was gangster. Yeah, no, I, it, it definitely was. But, like, again, like – that's Trent. That's Trent. Like Trent is like when he he pops out, he pops out like that all the time. With KK, when he showed up, when KK showed up like that, I was like, wait a minute, man. I was all like, time. this man got Patterson all in his mind right now. I know exactly what time this man has got right now, and yeah. he made a play in this game that basically should have helped steal the game, but whatever they won. So yeah, yeah, yeah. On to the next, right? That's right. All right. So let's jump into the wild card real quick. We'll, we'll, we'll fly through this. These games already took place, and we just talked at great length about the most important wild card game as is. Lou, I'm going to let you lead this off because you've been a good soldier. Oh, thank uh, you. J- Jason referenced Marshawn Lynch, and I feel like Lou just wants to come out. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Right? I think that's <laughs> what he wants to, to reference right now. Uh, but let's start with the, the Las Vegas Raiders versus Cincinnati Bengals. Lou, give me, give me 30 seconds on, on what you saw. And give me who your WTF factor from the game was. Yeah, for me, the the basically what I saw from that game was Jamar Chase. I thought he was the WTF factor. He 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 straight up balled this past weekend. Uh, when the running game wasn't there, which was shocking, I felt like him and Burrow had that connection. It's just it's just interesting seeing watching those two. I know they went to college together. You hear that ad nauseum, but it's still how quickly in one year they've able to form this connection that they had. And I felt like Jamar Chase, where Higgins uh, was kind of uh, disappearing, you know, throughout the game. Uh, Jamar Chase was, and everyone knew the ball was going to go to uh, Jamar Chase. And I felt that like he balled out this past weekend and helped save them. Um, I'm going to say, you know, advance the next round. Yeah. Jason, what what'd you think of the, the Raiders Bengals game? Man, Derek Carr made some throws in this game that'll still make you look and you'll say, man, is that guy really good? Like, is he really no? He's good? not. He's not. But it's but he made some throws in this game, Lou. Like I like I'm like oh my god, that was a dart. Oh my god, look at that ball placement. And then it's it's strange, man. It really is. The Raiders they should have never really been too far into that game. Like the blown whistle, all of this stuff is so strange and so raidery that uh, it kind of just went that way. Um, the Bengals are scary, and the only reason that. I kind of at least a little bit knew that Chase was going to go off is because a DFS lineup, I played him because I was like, Casey Hayward's going to go follow, I think, T, right? Like, and, and, yeah. they'll let, and they'll let him move around. So I feel like they present too many problems for them. But you know what else I want to talk about with the Raiders? You know, like, whatever. We can make jokes about the fact that they don't know how to win games and whatever. It's a joke. But interim head coach... You did a great job, man. And you, and and why is it that that team seems somewhat semi-normal with a guy who was an interim coach as opposed to when it was helmed by John Gruden, who had been a coach for multiple teams before this, right? Like, for some reason, they look under control. And what I will say that Derek Carr has done this year is kind of upped his stock as a leader because that team could have went to hell. And I know we know how they got in, Lou. I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, I, I promise you, I'm not trying to be a dick. No, no listen, listen. No, I get it. No, but it's just they really held it together as best they could with all things considered. How many teams could you have thrown that many problems and, and, and that amount of adversity at and they would have folded? And 
I think Derek Carr really held them together. And when you listen to his teammates talk, they felt it. So it's weird. The team upped its stock because of Carr and the interim head coach. And still they're in this no man's land of where Carr might not be back this year and they'll have a new head coach for certain. And who knows where they're going. So it's just it's weird, man. Like Derek Carr is okay. He's a fine quarterback, I think. And he's in that same curve that we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and other guys, right? Like you're you're in that discussion. But Carr made some throws in his game, man. I'll give him that. But you know, obviously he didn't make the the throw that, that mattered. Mattered the most. And I agree, right? I think Carr has glimmers of hope, right? Where you're like, man, this guy's got some some serious talent. Um, but one thing that I think can't be questioned about him right now is actually leadership. And this is probably really weird to hear a 49er fan say this, but I'm not from the Bay. So I don't carry the same hatred towards the Raiders that other people do. It's, they don't bother it's, me. No, nah, not even in the slightest bit. In fact, I think the NFL is better when the Raiders are good, right? Because they have a, a solid fan base, at least when they were in Oakland and L.A. I don't know what well, the biggest. When you think about it, there should be more Raiders fans. They played in three different locations. So yeah. now you've tapped into three different places that like you, right? Like yep. you should have more. But there was almost a feel good, like, story element to this team. Like you just talked about, it. like, you got rid of the cancer that was John Gruden and everything that reared its ugly head there. And he, he should have been gone a while ago. He's just antiquated. I think for today's NFL. Um, I also, you think about like losing multiple first round picks to off field issues. Like they should have never been in this position anyway. Like I applaud rich Basaccia. Uh, I think he should keep his job. I think he should get the full-time gig here right now. But all that being said, I, I really never gave the, the Raiders a chance. I felt like the fairy tale, was going to come crashing down this week. Um, and ultimately, it's because Cincinnati's a really good football team right now, and they're doing it on both sides of the football. I mean, the offense is – I mean, I, I am concerned for them that it feels like the running game is slowing down and Joe Mixon hasn't made nearly the impact that he was, you know, midway through the season when he was on, like, his nine-game touchdown streak. Like, it, he's disappeared a little bit. But it's really hard to ignore the chemistry that Burrow has with – Chase with T Higgins, the tight end getting involved, even Tyler Boyd. And in this playoff chase, high powered offense is what's going to make you go. Like if you look at the rest of these teams outside of maybe Tennessee in this weekend's matchup, like you're getting into some shootouts, like you're mm-hmm. getting into high scoring games and you better be able to keep pace. Um, I agree. The, the it factor totally goes to Jamar chase, um, which you know, he's had a couple good weeks in a row. There was a little while where he fell off a cliff. We talked about it on the fantasy show. We were like, ah, I'm not so sure, you know, but gee whiz, since that 60 plus point fantasy week, like my man's been right back on track. So that was just kind of like what I thought is like, I really never thought Las Vegas had a chance. I thought the fairy tale was going to come crashing down, but there was a part of me, even though I picked against them, that was rooting for them to, to win the game because I wanted Basaccia to, Every chip he could stack in front of him at the table to get that job, I want him to have. Like, how can you not root for this guy? Like, an interim head coach, right? They never have success. They usually win the first game that they're interim because everybody wants to play for them and rally around it. But this man is, is part of the reason that they wound up in the playoffs. I felt like they took his on his persona. So, is what it is. Game's over. We'll talk about, you know, where Cincinnati goes from here. My, what I was outside of the 49ers game, this was the matchup that I was most interested in this entire weekend. It was the New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills mm. in a rubber match. Mm. 
What'd you see, Jason? What did I see? <laughs> but mm. that that the rest of America didn't see, unfortunately, on national mm. television. Did you guys go crazy on Matt Jones a little too early? Chill I out. was I, I was never and still not a believer of Matt Jones. But no, so, but here's disclosure. the thing. Here's the thing, Lou. All of us conceded during draft season that he was the most starter ready of all of the quarterbacks. And I think that was obvious. I don't think anyone had a bold take when they said that. And I don't think that anyone would have had a bold take in saying that Mac Jones was the best rookie quarterback of all of them and had the best chance to do that, especially when they cut camp. I think everybody would have said, this is the guy in the position to do the best, right? So when he does that and he plays well for certain weeks, people want to get crazy. They got their new Brady. They got their new. It's his first year. In those same seven weeks that you praised him, you guys were really quiet. The last seven weeks that he was, he filtered in one Jacksonville good game and games where the game script wasn't in his favor. And this is not a knock at Mac Jones because he's going to be a fine quarterback in this league. But at the same time, you cannot prop this man up with that seven-game stretch early in the season and then dismiss the seven-game stretch that you saw here. You know what you should have found out at the end of the year? He's a rookie. And we are still a far away place from figuring out what he is, what Trevor Lawrence is, what Zach Wilson is, what Justin Fields is, what Trey Lance is. So when you make statements about Mac as a top 10, 15 quarterback, because I've seen the wildness, now you have to kind of chill out and just a real. And now those guys are part of the process now. Well, it was his first year. Remember, you know, it was. A, no, it wasn't his first year when you were already dogging him as like the new Brady. So, look, they didn't lose this game because of Mac Jones. I just wanted to go on that rant. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't lose this game because of Mac Jones. They lost this game because Josh Allen is a baller. Yeah. An absolute baller. That's what you dream up as any sort of fan of any team, right? And I know a lot of 49er fans say, hey, that's what we want Lance to be. If Lance is 60% of what we saw in this game, 70%, I think you are running to the, the, you know, you're running to the bank, right? Like it's impossible to ask of what Josh Allen is doing because what he's doing is so impressive. And I think that should be not lost, right? Bill was like, oh, we're going to take away this and that. You didn't take away anything. You took nothing away in this game. And I've never seen Bill Belichick so defeated. But this Bills team would have won the first matchup had it not been that they shot themselves in the foot, didn't score enough points because Josh Allen threw that ball more than Matt Jones did and it was way more successful at it. But the Bills are just that team. They're like that. They are like that. So I think that with the Patriots, you should have kind of seen it coming. They kind of have faded a little bit. You've seen them. And they're when they're not getting pick sixes – and blowing the Jets out and blowing certain teams out, it looks a little bit different. So, um, again, all that Mac Jones stuff I said in the beginning is true, but this game's not on Mac Jones at all. It's not on Mac Jones. Like, they, they, his defense couldn't stop a nosebleed in this game. So, yeah. I don't know why I went on that first part and then walked it back with the second part, but I think I just needed to get that <laughs> off my chest. Hey, you, just hey. because the Mac Jones people are just like, they're a little too silent for me right now at this point. Hey, listen, they don't even the, have, like, valid excuses. You're on the right platform. On this platform, we take shots at people. So you go ahead and take shots, my friend. <laughs> um, and I and I hear your shots fired, and nobody's going to argue. Lou, how do you how do you counter that? Or yeah, no, <laughs> how do you follow uh, this, that up. As I said last week, this was the hardest game for me to pick because 
it was so hard for me to go against Bill Belichick. Like I feel like it just it's it was in me to always pick Bill Belichick. But Jason's right. I the reason why I actually pivoted towards the Buffalo Bills is the fact that Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback, and I stated on our show last week. If you look at his touchdown interception ratio over the last couple of games, it's one to one. And then if you factor out um, that, if you take out that Jacksonville game. Now it's really two, you know, it's two uh, two touchdowns and five interceptions, and he has been struggling down the stretch uh, uh, towards the end of the season. So um, that's why I picked the Buffalo Bills because rookie quarterback on the road I felt like it was a, it was going to be a hard task for um, uh, for Mac Jones to overcome. All that being said, the WTF actor for me was the Bills defense. I questioned their ability to stop more a more physical rushing team because all these types of teams are more physical, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is giving them. Uh, a lot of fits and they did a fantastic job. No Patriots running back averaged more than 3.4 yards per carry and the entire New England backfield only mustered up 90 total rushing yards. So for a new, for uh they did a fantastic job slowing down that rushing attack of Harris and uh, Stevenson. And Oh yeah. They also sacked Mac Jones three times and intercepted him twice. So uh, they showed up in a big way, that defense. It wasn't just all Josh Allen. I'm not going to talk about the low hanging fruit. I get it. He had a perfect game in regards to the fact that, you know, they didn't, Punt throws, yeah. Field goals, no, those throws, yeah. though. Like, that's the thing, too. It's like you see those throws, and you're just like, I want that. Like, yeah. uh, like oh, well, no, I mean, no, I mean, you know, you got Herbert. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. I see it, yeah, see it, yeah, see it yeah, you got there. Herbert. We get that, but us, like, we're watching that, like, oh my god, did you just see that throw? Man? I know, I know. I'm sorry, uh, that, no, you, yeah, that, that's, that, it. That, that's it. So I'm I'm gonna be real brief here because otherwise I'd be redundant. But the WTF factor for me was totally Josh Allen. You just said it, Lou. Perfect game, like literally, a, an offense coordinator, a head coach, Sean McDermott. Like you go to bed at night and dream that this might happen, and even in those dreams, it still doesn't happen the way that this unfolded. Like, look, we I both. Try, I, hold, hold, I tried to replicate that game in Madden, and I threw an interception at, at, yeah, at the fourth quarter. You still can't do it, right? Like this doesn't yeah, happen no, do in real world. Like. We both predicted Buffalo in this game, but I don't think anybody saw this coming. Like, this was just a beatdown of epic proportions. I mean, the Bills' offense set records, right? Like, we're talking about seven possessions, seven touchdowns in a playoff game where the competition is supposed to be of the highest caliber. Again, you you can't make – A, you can't make it up. B, you can't dream it up. Um, and I, I, I hope – that that Buffalo keeps this going, even though I didn't pick them to be in the Super Bowl, and I and Jason, you and I both wanted that that Chris Berman story to come Berman to Bowl. fruition. The Berman Bowl, Berman Bowl is still on the menu. I'm not giving up hope. It's, it's I actually have the Bills beating the Chiefs this week too. Okay, so Ooh, we're foreshadowing a little foreshadow. I like it. All right, so I really don't want to spend a ton of time on this game, but the because it wasn't a football game, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Versus the Philadelphia Eagles, Lou. I'll let you lead in. Uh, like I said, give me give me a minute on, on what you saw. I'm not sure if I'm even gonna uh, uh, last a whole minute here. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> go so, for the world record here. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what, what, what movie is it where the guy's counting in his head and he gets to the number and he's like screaming it? Just a lot. Was that um? Is no, that no. knocked up? No, knocked like, up. Yeah, I just I just doubled my world, my best record. Yeah, <laughs> he's like one eleven. He's yelling out. Huh? You guys don't do that? Oh, okay. I just think about baseball. <laughs> yeah, but I would fall asleep during. Okay. Anyway, all right. anyway, uh, we'll save this for after hours. Uh, Philly, Tampa. 
Uh, if you see this, uh, if you heard the sound bites I, from a last from last week, uh, I said Philly is fraud. The Phil, uh, Philadelphia Eagles are fraud. Didn't believe in them whatsoever. I had no faith in Hurts. Not a big Hurts fan. I, I, I just you can't pick against Tom Brady. Uh, my so my WTF factor. The whole Tampa Bay offense and defense played really well. So I felt like everyone was a big contributor. But I'll just give it to uh, Tom Brady to go. You know he's twenty nine for thirty seven, two hundred seventy one yards and two touchdowns. No one had a, like an outstanding game, but a lot of players had a lot of good games on the field. And like I said, the Eagles did not belong there. Uh, you hear a lot of chatter now, real quick, that uh, maybe they shouldn't have these seven seeds and what have you, like uh, the Steelers, the you know, and, and the Eagles. And you know, I know it makes you money and gives you know gives some fans hope, but this was ugly this this past weekend. There's nothing super about this wild card weekend, if you ask me, outside like two games. Jason, what what did you see from that game? Two things. My uh, WTF factor was Mike Evans because he continues to be the most slept-on guy in this league in terms of what he does year after year. But my other big moment from this game has little to do with football and more about Troy Aikman's passionate rant about how mad he was to (laughs) cover that game and not have the San Francisco-Dallas game as if. The San Francisco Dallas game needed more biased opinions from former Cowboy players. Love you, Tony Romo, but you were uh, you were a little on the other side there. Oh, my heart's racing. Your heart shouldn't be racing, guy. You really it really yeah. shouldn't be. I get it, you know. But if it was a 49er player that said that while he was a former, you know, player and then an, an analyst, you probably would be killing him. But hey, either way, uh that goes to tell you how much I cared about this game and how much I thought about it. Like I never really thought anything about this game. Um, the the ran the, the the Rams the Eagles run defense run offense is like top one. What is the what did the Bucks shut down the run? Now yep. you're gonna make Jalen Hurts into a passer. Show me how this game was supposed to play out. Like show me exactly how you thought this game would play out. And it was just just like this. Like they're just not. Built for it, they're not ready for it. The fact that two NFC East teams made the the playoffs is a disgusting scenario on its own, more than anything. I mean, three from the NFC West, and you other teams that had a chance in other divisions, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like you really should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly had no interest in even watching this game. I did because it was football and it was on. I'm going to I'm going to puff, puff out my chest a little bit. I was riding the Peloton, getting out some frustration prior to uh, the 49ers game. I didn't even I just had the TV on. I had the headphones in, listened to the trainers. Um, so I just I feel it was just flat out outclassed. Right. And and d- didn't belong here. But I think the immaturity of the team and being a young team and, and stuff and going against the goat, like all that showed like I, it, as expected, as any educated fan will tell you. So I'm just going to talk about my WTF factor and what bodes well for this Tampa Bay team. It's Keyshawn Vaughn. So there was a lot of concern related to Fournette's gone. Obviously, Ronald Jones didn't play in this game. And it's like, well, you, you know what? Like, this is the playoffs. You still – I know this is, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, but eventually you're going to have to have a threat to run the football. And most importantly, like, between the tackles. Like, Giov- Giovanni Bernard is cute, you know, like, and you can be gimmicky with him. But, like, you have to have a threat to run the football – and Keyshawn with 62 total yards, a TD, just kind of looks explosive, right? Like, it almost proves to you that, like, running backs are a dime a dozen. You know, Kyle Shanahan makes a living doing this. Like, just give me an able body who sees a 
one cut, sees a hole, stop, don't pussyfoot in the background and get between those tackles and get to the second level. I saw over the last few weeks, I've I've liked a lot of Keyshawn Vaughn's game, and I think he's he's pounding the table for himself that like Ronald Jones comes back healthy. Like, I don't know, man. Like, this ain't just your ball right now, right? This is this is gonna be split time. And I think the more weapons and the more able bodies you give Tom Brady spells trouble for, for anybody. And so he'd be my WTF factor. So let's go to another game that I literally want to spend no freaking time on right now because it, the outcome was exactly what we thought it was going to be, but the terrible towels with the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Kansas city chiefs, Jason, I'll start with you on this one um, outside of feeling nostalgic and and feeling old because it's Ben Roethlisberger's last game, and we've literally watched his entire career and have grown up with him. Did you take anything else away from the game? <laughs> you know what I took away from it? Is Jerry McKinnon good at football? Ah, <laughs> I, I'm not bullshitting you. In my WTF factor notes, I said let Jason go first because I did not want to steal his thunder on 49er legend Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> Is Jerry McKinnon good at football, guys? <laughs> Sure, look at you guys. Yeah, I'm tired of you guys disrespecting. I'm tired of you guys disrespecting, man. Wow. Unbelievable. Now you know why Kyle, you know, put him in the Wildcat right there on that on that QB1. Um, you know, gotta have it right there against the Seattle. Like now you know, right? That was just one play. Guy's a baller, man. The Jerry McKenna thing is a meme, uh, Lou, that like we just ran oh, with. Like once right. the once the Wildcat thing happened, it was like, dude, you are cemented like as a, a 49er legend. That had to be one of the worst plays and a gotta have it moment against a team that you have to beat, especially in 2020. Like it's just it's it, it it magnified the 2020 season for the 49ers so perfectly. Like fourth down, we're gonna run McKinnon from the Wildcat. And I was just like, you crazy son of a bitch, Kyle. Like <laughs> you're like <laughs> but no, um yeah, you know, I I I watched Ben Roethlisberger grow before my eyes right you know I, i've watched him grew up with him and everything and he uh he still has the greatest throw that i've ever seen in any super bowl ever in my life and I will, yeah. yeah i will i will argue that with anybody that was in a keyhole and the guy had to still make the play on it like that that's gotta have it type shit right there right like ben is a sure. legend man he is um but uh yeah i i I just didn't like what Ben said before the game. And Najee took uh, took offense to it, too. You can believe whatever it is that you want to believe in your head, right? And no, we're not supposed to be here. This team is probably going to beat us. That's cool. Don't say that shit. Don't say it, like, out on in the public and say, yeah, well, you know, we got in here by luck, and we're probably going to lose, so let's just have some fun. That's like, did you see Najee Harris on his IG story, like, quoted it? And he was like, man, what is this man talking about? Like, you are in the playoffs, and you should never, even if you feel that way, don't ever give something like that away. So I didn't really like Ben saying that because it it kind of goes against what you've been your entire career in terms of, yeah, we're just going to fight this shit out, like, the entire time. So I, I, that's the part that I got. <laughs> Whatever. I got a little serious about it. But, like, it's just, Ben, you didn't have to say that, bro. Like, you really didn't have to. I, I, I think it just belittles your team's effort, right? And – you take the wind out of your own sails, like, and they went up seven team. nothing real quick yeah. on the TJ Watt like fumble, right? So yeah. I, I would if if I was a younger guy on that team, like obviously you don't disrespect, but probably I would just look at him and just be like, "Hey, bro, what was that shit you were just talking?" You know, like I like again, you can't do that as a youngster because he has like legacy, but as a youngster on the team, I don't remember what you built. I'm here trying to 
win what I can now. Like, I'm not a part of what you did years before. I wasn't here for that. So I don't take pride in that. I'm here to build my own shit. And for you to say, oh, it's almost cool for us to get rolled on and lay down. I'm just like, bro, like, why are you here? Like, well, that, yeah. that's how I would do that. Well, there's a there's a direct correlation. The older you get, Jason, the less fucks you give. So, <laughs> as you can see, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is prime. But when has he ever given give... one, though? When has he ever given one? Like well, a couple press conferences it. after he. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, full disclosure, guys, I did not watch this game. Uh, Good. And the reason being, I was putting my daughter to sleep, and then uh, after I put her down for bed. Uh, I already I, I checked uh, the Bleacher Report score thing. It was already out of hand. It's exactly how I thought the game was going to go. Uh, there was no chance. I felt like this is a, another team in Pennsylvania had no business being in the playoffs. Pittsburgh Steelers. It's exactly how I thought it was going to go. Uh, they just got outmatched, overmatched, and outclassed by Patrick Mahomes, who's on fire lately. Yeah, I, I, same. I like I I, I did watch the game, um, but. I knew the outcome of this. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh's offense is just anemic right now, um, so it didn't. It wasn't going to take much of a defense to stop them. The one thing that I did take from this game um, that could be a little bit troublesome for for Kansas City is the slow start, right? But if I look at the rest of this field, like they do that all the time, though. I know, but you can't you can't start slow against this Buffalo team. I'd argue you probably can't even stand uh, start slow against this Cincinnati team um, with some of these high powered, you know, more high powered offenses like. That's a recipe to get have 21 on you real quick. And we all grew up in the Madden era, right? 21 without a return score, you pass the sticks. Pass the sticks. And that's the way this goes. In the... Is that how it went? I, I, it never happened to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, I'm just I'm just good at giving those out. Uh, when I, when I, I know that I would like, come on, man, pass the sticks or we are like started over. Like, come on. Yeah, I was that guy real quick. I was that guy that uh... – I'll kick a field goal just to get to 20 as opposed to get like, you know what I'm saying? Like I would I would want that guy to suffer. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm just gonna put this down on you for a little bit and run around with it and just keep playing. Yeah. That that definitely feels like you. I I, I definitely I de- it definitely does. In the short time that I've known you, Lou, that one kind of correlates real good. <laughs> I'm a I'm a prick. So So here here's the here's the reality of this weekend as we get into this final game real quick. Yep. It's like some of these games were just bad football games. Like one team shined, another one felt like they didn't show up. And this final one on the first ever Monday night wild card weekend football game between the Arizona Cardinals and, and the LA Rams really honestly felt no different. Jason, I'm going to start with you because you and I see these teams multiple times a year. Um, and you probably felt the same way I did about who I wanted to win this game versus who I actually wanted to lose this game. But full disclosure, I handed my wife the television remote at halftime. I did. I knew it. It, it, it did. I had. I, I saw everything I needed to see in the first half, but I'll let you go with it. I knew the Rams were going to win. The Cardinals are frauds. Cliff Kingsbury, get out of here. Nobody needs you. And and look, in September, in October, in November, when I reminded people that Arizona is coached by Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, man, he beat the 49ers with Colt McCoy. <laughs> and, oh, look what he's doing. It's Cliff Kingsbury. This team is a reflection of his fraudulence. You are not real. No one was ever worried about you. You finished with one game better than the 49ers, and you're playing one less playoff game than the 49ers, and you absolutely deserve it. 
losing to the Lions, losing to teams that you should have absolutely beat. DeAndre Hopkins isn't that important that your offense goes to complete hell and 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 doesn't do anything right, right? DeAndre Hopkins is an amazing receiver, one of the best in the league. But your offense can't even function now because DeAndre Hopkins isn't there? No, it's December. Shout out to you, Cliff. Nobody ever thought the Cardinals were real, ever. Like, I don't want to hear about who you brought in as long as their coach is Cliff Kingsbury. They will do what Cliff Kingsbury coach teams have done since he's been coaching. Fold in December. The only team in the last five games that the Arizona Cardinals have beaten. Do you know that team, Weston? Uh, I believe they play in Dallas. Would they be the Dallas Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys. Frauds get exposed when the light is exposed to them. Dallas out, Arizona out. I'm I'm done on Cliff Kingsbury, man. Free Kyler Murray as a 49er fan. And and, and you know what? Sign Cliff to a, a, a lifetime contract so we get to enjoy all of this. But if Kyler Murray was with anybody else, man, it's just it would be scary to think what they could actually do and actually accomplish. Yeah, I have a few. I saw a few things um, that I want to talk about. But Lou, I'll let you, you know, give me your 32 cents. Yep. Um, just like I said last week, I don't believe in any of these teams. I don't believe in the Cardinals. I don't believe in the Rams, uh, to be honest with you. I picked the Rams to win because I did not trust the Cardinals that much more. Uh, from a, Like I said, it was from a, when I'm picking against teams, uh, who has the better coach? And McVay is obviously a better coach than uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, and all that being said, that's the reason why I picked, you know, the Rams to win my WTF factor was Cam Akers. You know, Stafford has been slumping as of late with interceptions, turnovers and sacks. It's crazy what Akers just has been able what? to accomplish in such short time. He was a nice addition to this offense because they're going to need Akers. They're going to need, uh, you know, Sony Michelle to take some pressure off of, of uh, Stafford because Stafford is not that guy that everyone was talking about. In my opinion, uh, he's good. But you want to talk about look at Weston's face. You want you want to talk you want to talk about choke artists though. You want to talk about choke artists though. This guy won his first playoff game. And how old is he? Uh, Monkey off the back. Monkey uh, off the back. Yeah, I'm still not a firm (laughs) believer. I think when you know, uh, you know, he will succumb to pressure. So they're going to need both Cam Akers and Sony Michelle if they're going to have a legit shot of advancing past this next weekend, which I'm not sure they will. But good for Cam Akers coming back and having 18 touches for 95 yards after that injury. Yeah, shout out to Buddha Baker too. I hope he's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love Buddha. Um, yeah. you gotta respect the the flash that he plays with. Um, uh, so feel for him, especially with his team getting dogged the way they got dogged for him to have to to get hurt. But you saw his picture on the flight home. He wasn't sweating nothing. He's living his best life right now. Um, that being said, I too had Cam Akers. Um, I, I've I've thought very highly of Cam Akers since. Since college, it was a shame that he tore his Achilles. Uh, I think he, you know, definitely had the opportunity to have a special year. But what I'm most floored about with this game is like not Cliff Kinsbury. It's just how anemic and how like 
lackluster the Arizona offense felt. I know it's the air raid or whatever the hell they want to call it, which doesn't even make. They make no adjustments, though. They make absolutely no adjustments. They never felt like they were making an attempt in this game. And I agree, right? Kyler Murray's got all of the traits that you want from an NFL quarterback outside of his height, right? Like, that's like really the only knock that you can have on this guy. And I'm the same height as him. So, you know what? Fuck all you that want to knock somebody because of their height. I'm not. I'm not tall like a Ponte over here. Who? <laughs> Don't bring me into this. I ain't even doing nothing. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, dude, he looked like he wanted to reconsider going back and playing baseball in the middle of this game, right? Like, it just felt like it just felt wrong. Like everything about it, it didn't feel like I was watching an NFL team play. There was no urgency. There was no anything. And this was a team once upon a time, hey, best record in the NFL. Once upon a time, you were talking about Kyler. We were all talking about Kyler Murray, myself included, MVP. about MVP. Uh, you can't have those things. I, too, did pick the Rams because I just thought both these teams have not been playing good football, and I thought the 49ers loss hurt the Rams more than the Seahawks loss, like, hurt the Cardinals, right? Like, the Rams needed to to bounce back from that. But, like, I, I, I don't subscribe to that the Rams played a lights-out game. Like, they were efficient, but they didn't have to do anything spectacular because the team that they were playing against literally did nothing. Like, literally did not get off the bus at SoFi Field, um, period. Yep. So, I, it was it was an ugly football game, and I'm glad I, I tossed the remote. I mean, I went back and checked scores and did all that and see what was happening. Uh, but I, I let the wife throw on whatever the hell she was watching on Bravo TV at that point. I, I was I was over it. Yeah, Vanderpump rules right now. <laughs> no, we watched that tonight before we got on. We had that recorded. If I could say one thing, Odell Beckham's hooping. I thought he was the problem. I, no, I, no. Someone has to sign Odell's father to a scout contract because obviously he the guy knows how to scout quarterbacks. I I, I think the Odell trade is looking smarter and smarter every single week, right? Like it, it he is, and I shouldn't say trade. Picking him up was is just looking more intelligent because he's getting more ingrained in the offense, and this is probably what they hoped, right? Like it's going to take a few weeks to get acclimated. It came at the right time with Robert Woods going down, although he's a totally different player than Robert Woods, but it's a it's another threat. I mocked it, right? I was like, all right, what, but you know, what's Odell going to do? But it's looking, it's looking better, but it's still like flashes and you can still take them away. Like you can still take them away and make it. And if you only have to focus on Cooper, um, you become a little bit easier to stop. Cooper Cup is a savage, right? Like he's a set, even in a, this might have been his worst game of the entire season and he still caught what six for like 80 and still got into the end zone. You know what I mean? Like, if that's a bad game, I'd, I'd sign up for that every day of the week. All right, so let's get out of this. Let's yep. get into our, our divisional. Same concept here. Uh, give me a little bit about your expectations on the game. I'm going to start with the – we'll start with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. Um, Lou, give me, your, give me your thoughts first here. All right, this was a hard game. A lot of these games were hard for me to pick, uh, but, you know, you know – Taking a look at everything, Mike Rabel's Titans have never lost uh, with eight-plus days between games during his tenure. They're 8-0, and so fun fact right there. And I keep on lauding about the Cincinnati offense being multidimensional from a passing attack and rushing attack. But, Weston, you said earlier on this uh, on the show, they're not – Mixon has been awful. He hasn't just been bad. He's been awful the last, like, four to five games. He hasn't rushed for more than 65 yards in a game. He's averaging 3.4 yards per carry. And now he's going to face uh, a tough Tennessee uh, rushing defense who ranks in the top half. I think uh, they're ranked like top three when stopping the run. 
if, if the Bengals are going to win this game, they're going to have to do it via the big plays when it comes to Joe Burrow, Chase, and Higgins because Tennessee gives off a, gives up a boatload of big plays. The only issue is Tennessee is also pretty good when it comes to rushing the passer. So my WTF factor, I'm going to the big boys again, is the Bengals' offensive line. If the Bengals' offensive line hold, hold up against this pass rush of the Tennessee Titans and they can open up some holes for Mixon to get you know, a little more than 3.4 yards per carry, the Bengals have a shot. All that being said, the Titans are getting healthier. The Bengals are a little more banged up, you know, uh, especially in the middle of that defensive line. I'm picking Tennessee here, and I don't like it. It's just that I feel like it's a young team, Cincinnati. I like the coach better in Mike Rabel. Uh, he, he's been he, – call him what you want to call him. He's been a fantastic coach during his tenure there in Tennessee. So I'm going Tennessee here. Jason, what, what you you foreshadowed earlier that you you think you're rolling uh, Cincinnati in this? So so tell us why. Yeah, and Lou's absolutely right about the the way that Mixon has run the ball. But they get him the ball in a multitude of ways. He definitely catches passes, so he will be a factor in this game. And when you talk about explosive plays, I just trust this offense a little bit more at this point because we watched an offense that was similar to this. At, you know, with the Jimmy Garoppolo-led 49ers, kind of have their way when they were running the ball and doing what they wanted to do. But Joe Burrow's obviously a better passer than Garoppolo is, and Zach Taylor is going to put him in spots where he can win. I just think that their secondary and, and what they're going to be able to do, they have enough to negate the pass rush with quick game and, and tosses to Mixon. Mixon's still going to be a factor. I got the Bengals winning this game, and I hear you, right? Because the Titans are well-coached, man. Like, Mike Vrabel has that team ready to go in any circumstances, and Derrick Henry is probably going to play in this game. I get that, too, and that's huge when you talk about what Tennessee wants to do on offense. Having said all that, I just don't think their defense has enough to slow them down, provided that they execute the way that I think that they can. So I got the Bengals in this game. Um, I wouldn't give you a score, but I got the money line. That's what I'm smashing on. I, I do want to add one, one one other quick thing real quick, Weston, before you, you chime in. Uh, I, feel, I feel like a lot of people are down on the Titans because their offense. But this is the first time they're going to have all three playmakers you know, playing together. And everyone's looking at their offensive output from the season. And I think that's sticking in the back of people's minds, the fact that like that offense is awful. Right. It, if you look from a statistics standpoint, however, getting AJ Brown healthy, getting Julio back, eh, okay. But getting Derrick Henry too, that's important too. I just think that you really haven't seen no no defenses have seen when all three players are healthy, and that's going to be a big impact. Yeah. So I hear you loud and clear on that, but I also think sometimes it's like. Too little, guys, too late guys, you when you get these the, people. No, no, no. The flashiness. No, here I'll go. I, I'm taking Tennessee to win this game, right? So I'll come out and dispel oh. that rumor right away. But to me, this is a battle of different philosophies. Cincinnati is going to want to beat you with chunk plays. They want to go down the field. Tennessee is going to want to ground and pound, ground and pound, time of possession. They want to bully you, especially if Henry comes back. I mean, that's always been the recipe um, for success with them. I think something that's a little overlooked is like the significance of does Trey Hendrickson play or does he not play? He's been a huge factor on that. Uh, I think last I saw he hasn't practiced yet. That doesn't mean he's not playing, but no, he practiced full today. I think. Okay. So then again, how healthy is he, right? Like he is the, the cog on that defensive line, in my opinion. And if he can make a go at it in this game Um, for now, like I said, 
give me the Titans. My WTF factor is for the Titans to win this game. Tannehill's going to have to make a play or two, which means A.J. Brown's got to be on the receiving end of that. And Tannehill doesn't push the ball down the field exceptionally well. Um, so I feel like this is it's going to come from a, a chunk yardage play, a, a ten a, a ten yard in, maybe a seven yard slant, something along those lines that AJ is going to have to um, take to the house. So he's my WTF factor in this, but I do absolutely have the Tennessee Titans winning this game because they are the ugliest one seed to ever own it, and I think they I think they take pride in that. To be honest with you, I think they're quite okay with it. How? Oh, there it is. There it is. I love it. All right. Let's get into one of the more anticipated games, I think, this weekend. And um, the the Buffalo Bills at the the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Lou. Oh, no. Um, yeah, Lou, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I'm an AFC guy. Come on. Come yeah, on. Yeah. You got to start off with me. This is this is my game. This is the game I'm looking forward to uh, cold-heartedly. Uh, I love AFC football. You can disqualify uh, yourself from the rest of this conversation, then, if you're not looking forward to another game. <laughs> You guys are not going to like me, by the way, but what the time this is over. Anyways, cool. uh, <laughs> I never really liked you before we began, but <laughs> and, and, and just like and just like that, Weston is just started leading up uh, that fancy football. Look at look at Weston. Look at, at just the rankings, and I'm doing it in my mind right now. <laughs> uh, all can aside, this, is, in my opinion, is the AFC Championship game. Whoever wins this game will be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, when you compare both of these teams offensively, both are in the top ten in passing. The uh, the Bills are significantly better. Russian team and it shows over the last three or four weeks because they've really been trying to get Singletary, uh, you know, more involved. And you can see from a uh, workload and production standpoint. However, this is where the two teams really differentiate themselves defensively. And this is why I'm going Buffalo here. I have to go Buffalo. I told you my, my predictions were the Buffalo bills versus the green Bay Packers for the Super Bowl. So Buffalo is the best team this year. at stopping the pass. They have allowed the fewest passing yards, the lowest completion percentage, lowest yards per attempt, and lowest quarterback rating. The Bills have given up 12 passing touchdowns versus 19 interceptions. So just, just think about that. That's pretty fantastic. I know they have in the AFC East, they're playing Zach Wilson twice, and they're you know they're playing Tua Tangabaloa twice and what have you. I get all that, but still, it's very impressive. My WTF factor is the Buffalo Bills safeties, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Hyde and Poyer are perhaps the best safety combo in the NFL, I think. And what makes them so good is their ability to disguise their cover two and cover three looks so much. Uh, uh, the cover two and cover three looks, and they also cover a ridiculous amount of, gr of ground when it comes to their respective zones. Buffalo's going to need these two to step up and limit the big plays by Hill and Kelsey and force Mahomes to settle for underneath stuff. It's just f fascinating watching this this defense uh, play. And it all starts with Hyde and Poyer, and then right behind, uh, right in front of them, it's uh, Milano and also uh, Edwards. So those are my uh, uh, if factors right there for the game. What you got, Jay? Um, Poyer and Micah Hyde better than Jimmy Ward and Tart. I think. We're yeah, really yeah, man. We'll Come argue on. that. No, no, we got we got some time to argue that real quick. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to debate that. <laughs> but but no, um, yeah, I got the Bills in this game as well too. Um, I think that. It's not that the book is out on the Chiefs, right? Like, there's no way to slow it down, right? Like, there's no way to stop it, right? You can only slow it down. But bracket bracket Hill now, make him throw it to Kelsey, make him throw it to other guys. That's probably your best bet and hope that your pass rush gets there. The Bills have already went in there and 
put the smackdown on them in arrowhead right like they they've done that now you got to come you you i think they have to come to buffalo now right now they got they're going no, back to so, oh so they'll go back and they've already laid the precedent right like they've got it and uh yeah I, the, the the defense is the deciding factor right um Mahomes has been playing much better and that's a lot to do with the adjustments but Darrell Williams is going to be out in this game it looks like right now he hasn't practiced um CEH is fine Jerk McKinnon's always there, which scares the hell out of me because, like, he's just like he's just that guy. But um, I got Buffalo here, man. I really do. I think that right now the way that their offense is operating and the way that they have been moving, and they and particularly that first game is a big telling point for me because yes, Kansas City's defense has improved. They moved guys inside when they got Ingram. They were able to push. Um, the guy that I will not say his name that knocked down every pass in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl, that guy, they moved him back inside and their defense exponentially went up. But at the same time, I feel like the Bills are just too much at this point. Josh Allen's playing too well. And I think they're battle tested and ready to get in there and uh, finish this out. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, but you can't. Oh! Yeah, you have to. That's right. That's because right. I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, and I won't back off of that. I agree with everything you're saying about Buffalo. Totally want Buffalo in some capacity to win this game. Berman Bowl, we've been talking about it. Here, the, the difference for me is I still trust Patrick Mahomes more than I trust Josh Allen right now. I can't get out of my mind seeing Stefan Diggs sit on the sideline the entire time through the celebration. They're ready. It. They're well, ready. I, I agree. I, I think they are they are battle tested. This is going to be this is the I, I totally agree, right? Whoever wins this game is definitely representing the AFC and the AFC championship. What I fear the most for the Buffalo Bills is coming off of such a monstrous, such an impressive win. It's really hard to like replicate that success. I'm not saying they have to do exactly that to beat Kansas City, but they're going to have to be on top of their game. And I think the one thing we're sleeping on a little bit is the, the recent disappearance. I, I don't count what he did against uh, Pittsburgh because I honestly think you could have thrown me in the slot and I definitely would have caught a tutty against Pittsburgh last weekend. Um, speaking of which, I got a channel. I got a rival Drew this upcoming year for my combine workout because I'm getting my, my things back in the shape. But that's a, a conversation for another day. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think they find a way to, to force feed Hill the ball uh, a little bit more this week because that offense goes as number 10 goes. Um, so, I, so I, again, oh, I'm staying with the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, we got two more to get up here, and let's get out of here. We'll get through this one quickly. Los Angeles Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jason, I'll start with you. I can't bet against the GOAT. As much as I would love to go into, you know, Levi South and play them again next week because, <laughs> spoiler alert, I have the 49ers beating the Green Bay Packers this week. Um, I just can't. I can't bet against him. And I think we brought it up earlier. The NFL wants nothing more than Garoppolo versus Brady to figure this out. And Brady's going to take that and be – I think that's his, like – that might be his last hill to climb at this point, right? Because what else can he overcome? What else can he do? He's already doing things that nobody's ever done. So I've got the Bucks here, and it's just more because of the guy who's starting for them. And the Rams are shaky. Like, we made our jokes, right? Like, you know, obviously what happened with the Cardinals. We made our jokes, or I made my jokes because I, I don't think much of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. But I just 
something about the Bucks, man. It's just, you know, Brady's not going to let them slide, and he's going to make enough plays. Levante Davis back. Um, Mike Evans is a baller. He's 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 going to make enough plays, and they don't have enough to stop that. They just don't. They're not battle-tested like they are. And uh, I fully expect the Bucks to finish this one off. Lou, what you got? I'm going to keep this short and sweet because I feel like you guys are going to want to talk a little more about the up, uh, the last game. Uh, just a hunch I have, you know. Uh, I agree. I agree with Jason. Uh, I can't bet up against. I can't bet against the goat and Tom Brady. I just feel like, for me, this comes down to: Do I trust Stafford to go on the road against a good team and win and win in the playoffs? No, I frankly don't. Uh, to be honest with you, I've been saying it all year that the Rams are softer than Twinkie feeling. That's exactly what I said mid year. Mid year, they're you know. And uh, Jason was on that show. That was the last time you were on with us when you used that exact quote. (laughs) So uh, the the Niners beat up on the Rams because they're more physical. And guess what? Tampa might be even as physical as the Niners, if not more physical, especially from an offensive line standpoint. So I do feel like uh, Tampa matches well against, you know, these soft Rams. My WTF factor, it's going to be Aaron Donald. Now the Bucks offensive line and the refs have kept Tom Brady clean this year, allowing him only get 23 sacks. Uh, throughout the season, which ranks him first. Aaron Donald is going to have to be a game record this week to imply pressure up the middle if they're going to have any chance of, uh, you know, uh, throwing Brady off his game. And I'm ashamed of both of you for not hearing what I just said. The Bucks O-line and refs have kept Tom Brady clean this year. Family really? Pat- the refs? <laughs> I don't know. The rest, yeah. <laughs> I'm not – I'm surprised. Um, well, good news. There's a recipe to eliminate Aaron Donald. The blueprint's out there on how to – is you don't just you don't just stra- drop straight back and let him get pressure in the face. And not that you move the pocket with Tom Brady, but you run at Aaron Donald. You run it between the tackles. That's why this little emergence of Keyshawn Vaughn is so important to establishing a running game. But here's the reality. The Bucks are going to make the Rams one-dimensional. They're going to force Stafford to have to drop back. Um, and they're going to do what they need to do um, to get after him, to apply pressure with four. Uh, they're going to be able to, I, I think, contain the wide receivers, even though they are banged up, at least at the corner position. Um, you know, their, their safeties are relatively legit. But I agree. You just you just can't bet against the GOAT. And my WTF factor is Gronk, because I do think the um, L.A. secondary – um, I think Ramsey's going to follow Evans, right? You're going to see a lot of that. He's going to try to body him up. Um, you know, how much faith do we have in like Scotty Miller and, and other names to, um, to, to, I would say. Rashad Perriman. Rashad Perriman. But are, are they, are they lighting up the stat score, the stat box? Probably not. This feels like an over the middle game for Brady. Quick dump offs. Who's, who's tried and true and trusted in Brady's eyes. Number 87 Gronk. So I, I expect them to have a, a big game. So uh, if, if I didn't already say it, I am I'm bucks on this as well. So that brings us to the final and most important game of this weekend. And I don't care who's listening or what you have to say. I, too, feel the winner of this game is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. It's, it's just the way I feel. Um, but it is the San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers. Lou, I asked you to shelve some of your questions about this game earlier. Now would be the time, sir, to go ahead and bust out one or two and let let Jason and I tie one on while we're going through them. All right. All right. So let me go back to these questions here. Okay. 
San Francisco has faced some explosive offenses now in back-to-back weeks. Two weeks ago, they faced the Rams. Last week, they faced the Cowboys. What is it about these Packers, this Packers offense that makes them a bigger threat than the aforementioned teams? Yeah. Number 12. Uh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I literally just rewatched the game on the All-22 right now I saw uh, that, before yeah. I got on here. Aaron Rodgers makes some throws that I'm just like, I sit there and I rewind and I look and I'm just like, that's not real. Like you, you couldn't have dropped the ball into a spot like that off of your, your back foot. Like, however it is you want to throw it. It's always Aaron Rodgers. And you always have to fear the best natural thrower of the football that plays in our beautiful game right now. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing to watch as long as it's not against your team. So it's always Aaron Rodgers. It's always yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, he is the difference maker, right? Like he is unbelievable. I agree. Like placement of ball is un- is absurd. But here's reality, right? Like Aaron Rodgers loses games. All teams in the NFL lose games. It can't be for the big play. Him and Devontae are going to eat. They're gonna right eight to ten catch right. Like you just know it's going to be. But it can't be to the house, right? Like you're going to have to play tight ball inside the red zone like it's just what it boils down to you're gonna have to find an opportunity to hold into a field goal here a a field goal there but what is different about this offense versus any other offense is number 12 Aaron Rodgers all right for San Francisco to win the 49ers fill in the blank by the way there's a fill in the blank question for San Francisco to win the 49ers need Jimmy G to blank not turn the ball over Play clean. That's it. That's exactly what I would go with. That's it. Play clean. And you can live with one. One. One one turnover. You're gonna one get many. early. One early in the game. And, and, get it out. <laughs> and you'll and you'll get your many oh no no Jimmy throws, but those don't always end up in interceptions. So I'm not gonna, you know, one, one interception you can live with. That is it. That's all you can absorb in this game is one. And one big time throw. He's gonna have to make one big time throw. Gonna have to. More than one, and I think he will. All right, guys, you can go ahead and talk about uh, why you think the Niners are going to win. Go ahead, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. But go ahead. You go first, Jason. Um, Time of possession, the 49ers know what they want to do. As long as – if Jimmy Garoppolo plays anywhere near this clean game that we're talking about and doesn't turn the ball over once, I don't see where the Packers actually finish this out at realistically. Just based on I know their makeup. Who they who their coaches? They barely beat this team when they were in shambles. I know they were two and zero when this 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 team came in, right? Beating the the Philadelphia Eagles and being in the home opener. But that team is nowhere near close to the team that they're facing right now. D'Amico Ryan's is much better. This pass rush is better. And if Nick Bosa plays, then it's only just more of a feather in this team's cap. But it's gonna come down to what do I know? I know that Kyle Shanahan right now is in his absolute bag. If plays don't get completed or moved, it's not because of what he called. And it's not because of when he called it. It was the right spot and one of those guys didn't execute right now. So I just I, I have supreme confidence in them. The only concern I would have in this game is Obviously, we we don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo is going through. He threw the football today, so I'm not going to make excuses about that. If you're going to be in this game, I don't want to hear about shoulder. I don't want to hear about thumb. You're you're here to play, right? 
it's more special teams than anything. Like you cannot allow this team to get some easy free yardage or extend drives like you did against Dallas. That will be the absolute downfall. And you heard Kyle Shanahan talk about it in a press conference. I don't want to lose a game because of special teams. It's clear that it's on this man's mind and it's on uh, many 49ers minds. But I still have the 49ers moving on in this game. All right. So I want to be what? very – go ahead. Weston's in a conundrum here. Go ahead. No, I'm going to be very crystal clear about my stance on this. Um, first and foremost, I am going to this game. I would not be traveling 15 hours in a car into sub-zero temperatures for some pretty sick seats, I mind you, to go watch this game if I didn't have belief in my team. I can sit my ass on my couch to do that. So I believe in this team. Everything that Jason just said, right? We got to play a clean football game. I believe we absolutely are capable of doing that. We need the defense to be exactly what it's been. We need to get pressure with four. We need to control the clock. All of those things we have proven that we can do against good football teams. So I am confident in their ability. That being said, I am a very, very superstitious individual, like most sports fans are. So I am careful about things that I've done. I am picking the Green Bay Packers to win this football game. There are re I picked the Green Bay Packers to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. We talked at the beginning of the show as to why I do these things that I do. But I want 49ers fans who are listening to this, and we'll tag Jason in the, our post about this so I know more will listen than most listen on a regular basis. I am 2-0 and when I travel to playoff games. And I'm okay if I come back 3-0, baby. I'll just leave it at that. All right. Well, Jason, uh, <clears throat> you might want to sip some water because you're going to have to be uh, lone wolfing it soon. Uh, uh <laughs> Green Bay is winning this game. I'm going to tell you for numerous reasons why. First and foremost, they're starting to get healthy. Rodgers on the men from the toe injury. David Bakhtiari is also back. We're talking about Jair Alexander and Zadari Smith also have a real shot playing, according to Matt LaFleur. And I know there's a rust factor there, but still, that's a those are tremendous players to bring back into the fold, into the game. Uh, they also had a fantastic emergence of role players this year. Rashawn Gary, Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas have all been huge contributors. And if you know something of all the three names I just said, it's been on the defensive side of the ball, all right? This is not the same Green Bay defense, I think, from the years past where you guys were just used to just running over them. This is They're a little better when it comes – they're not as soft as they used to be. They're uh, 11th against the run. They're tied for six in explosive plays allowed via the run with only allowing eight-plus rushes over 20 yards and none over 40 yards. So they're a little more stout against the run. Their passing defense is equally as good. They're tied for seventh with, in interceptions with 18. This is the real reason why I'm picking Green Bay, though. The turnover battle. Green Bay is ranked third in the NFL with plus 13. They've had 26 takeaways versus 13 giveaways. San Francisco is ranked 23rd in the NFL at negative four. 20 takeaways versus 24 giveaways. That is a huge – what that basically tells me, Green Bay don't make mistakes. Their offense – Rodgers does not make mistakes whatsoever. So I, I fully believe uh, it will be a real close game because I don't think, you know – I just think now you're at the bet with all the best teams in the NFL right now, and you're not going to have any blowouts like you did last week. All these teams deserve and belong here. But I just feel like Rodgers is on a war path to prove numerous things to Green Bay, the NFL, the public perception of him. 
he's on a war path right now, and I wouldn't want to play a pissed off, angry uh, Aaron Rodgers. How? And, you're, uh, you're a good Aaron sport, Rodgers, man. And, and, and Aaron Rodgers was angry after draft day. I'm not really worried about angry Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, so he, he's been angry his entire life. Remember, we're supposed to rue the day that yeah. we didn't pick him. I'm, I'm Gucci on that, bro. We're hey, good. We've, uh, you know. and then we got Master versus Apprentice, right, in this matchup as well in, in some capacity. Dude, did you guys see that meme going around that Tom Brady is literally older than every remaining every, that's in the NFC? <laughs> That's crazy. And he's still MVP of the league. Like, you yep. can't make this shit up. It's unbelievable. All right, insane. fellas. Well, well, that wraps us up. Um, I still have to pack for a very long journey when I, I leave tomorrow. Jason, first and foremost, thank you so much. Folks, this man has a family, and he lends his time and his attention to everyone who asks. You are the best sport, man. We, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you letting us tag onto your platform, you hopping on with us. Um, whenever you got that that time and availability. Uh, but Lou, as I always do, uh, rely on you to let everybody – you you opened us up. I'll let you close us out today too, brother. All right, the Mariano Rivera of the WTF Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WTF Pod NFL. Um, and also, Weston, I'll throw it right back to you. Uh, on YouTube at We're Talking Football, we'll have this up tomorrow as I got to get everything out before I, I hit a very long road. And I know love, Lou loves to clip some things up and put our predictions out. And I know he'll remind 49ers fans of who I picked today. So I will oh, yeah. end with I am 2-0 when I travel to playoff games. Leaving it at that. Have a good night. Take it easy, boys.